episode 184. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> episode of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. My name is Julia Husher and I'm really delighted that you're joining me today. I know from the title of this podcast episode that it is quite intense. I know you're probably thinking, oh, you know, do I want to listen to this? I think this is one of the most important stories that I've ever been able to help tell on this podcast and I've never ever been more proud of a guest for for sharing this story. I know this was something that she has never done before. A lot of her friends and family do not know what has happened and I know that she's planning on sending this link to them and I think she's just a really brave woman. She honestly, it, it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about her and her strength. Before we get into it, and gosh, I can't wait for you to hear it, I wanted to read out this week's listener shout out, which is from HMW11 in Australia who wrote, Hi Julia, I am a single mum of four and although my eldest daughter is almost 21 years old and I have been a parent for all of my adult life, I still love and value your wisdom, honesty and how much you can relate to so many different situations without judgment. I find so much calmness in listening to your podcast, especially when I feel so alone as a parent. Thank you for covering so many diverse subjects and for being so lovely and genuine. That is what sets this podcast apart from the rest. Keep on being you. Thank you so much. Like that really means a lot because um, I really try to be so genuine and sincere in everything that I do. And I want to be able to share the stories of the single mums of the world. You know, we all have different stories, but we all have that one thing in common, you know, and it doesn't matter how old we are. You know, someone actually messaged me the other day on Instagram who was, who said they were older and, you know, did I have any podcast that would relate to someone who was a bit older? And I was like, honestly, I just think it doesn't matter how old we are. Like, I think, you know, something that I'm dealing with at 37, yes, it was my birthday on Monday. So something that I'm dealing with at 37 is very similar to someone that you know, something that someone could be dealing with at 24 or 44. You know, I think age is just a number, as cliche as it is. I think at the end of the day, we're all women, we're all single mums. And, you know, we we have different challenges, I guess, but we, we are in this together. If you are a regular listener and you haven't yet left a review, I'd be super grateful if you could actually leave one for me. It makes the podcast easier for new single mums to find. And, you know, if a single mom was to flick through podcasts and go, which one am I going to listen to? I don't know about you, but I always read reviews. And I think seeing these reviews would make them go, yes, I want to listen to this. This sounds good. And that could be life-changing for someone, as I know it's been life-changing for so many listeners. So that would be amazing and means so much to me. So thank you. Okay, we're going to get into this week's episode. It's a three-part episode because... I spoke to my guest for three hours and there is zero to cut out. Every single sentence that she says is important and powerful. And I'm honestly just so excited for you to hear it. And as I said at the beginning, I know it's intense. I know it can be a trigger. I just want to thank my guest so much again for coming on the show. Speaking with you was a true, true honor. I'm so grateful to you for contacting me and um, it means the world that you decided to share your story for the first time so openly with me. Okay, let's get into it. I'm so excited today to have Daphne on the show all the way from Orange County. Daphne, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Julia. I am so honored to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to have you because I know what we're talking about today is a bit of a tough topic and um, I'm really grateful that you got in touch and that you're really, you know, happy to share your story because I'm sure you're not the only one that has been in this situation. So thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) Okay, so 
As I was saying to you before we recorded, you know, I don't know too much about your story, but I know a little bit about it. And, you know, it's, it's a shocking story. It's one of those things, I guess, where it's so awful, but there is a, a good thing that's come from it. So um, I'm really happy to hear sort of, you know, what, what happened and all that sort of stuff. But take us back to, I guess, when you were 17, like what were you doing, you know, before, before you got pregnant? What was life like? What, had you finished school? Were you about to sort of start studying? Like what was in the pipeline for Daphne? Okay, so um, I was, I had recently graduated from high school and I had been accepted to a university that I was like really interested in and I accepted it. What were you going to study? Originally, I was going to study physics. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in high school, you know, I, I was like a really nerdy person. I was in the band. and That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I decided to you know, why not do physics? I really like the subject. And so I gave it a go. And yeah, and then um, so I moved into the dorms the, the, the month I graduated from high school. And I started my college life. And it must have been very exciting. The future was looking bright. Did you know what you wanted to do? Like, did you want to work in science, I guess, in some capacity? Yeah, I think I, I like my first thought was like I'm gonna be a scientist. I'm gonna do research. Like I was all about that. And I, but more importantly, I was like excited to be away from home. Like no parents. Like I have all this freedom in the world. I can eat whatever I want, sleep whenever <laughs> I want to. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I was excited to you know begin my life. Yes. And so what, what happened after that? What happened? I mean, you had a, a life-changing experience when you were 17. That I did. changed everything. It did. And it was, you know, an experience that I never saw coming. And, and I also never saw the result ever being a possibility. So one day... It was like my last week of summer school at the university and I had met so many friends. I've gotten to know so many people and it was our last weekend before um, our break into the fall semester. Right. Yeah, and um, you know, we I was invited to go out with a group of people that I had just met and I was excited you know I've never gone out without really knowing anybody yeah it's a brave thing to do yeah so I did I took a risk but at the same time I you know in my head I thought you know how else how else am I going to make friends yeah like you know I went to this university not knowing anybody I didn't have any Um, high school friends that went there so I was really doing this all alone and you know I thought that the people I surrounded myself with were you know just like me like trying to start their life and I never saw anything bad in anybody I always looked at the positive things yeah Yeah. so then it's a really nice quality thank you (laughs) um so then so I, I go to this party but before I go like earlier that day my mom was actually supposed to pick me up at the time I didn't have a car so I was supposed to go home for the weekend and my mom was going to pick me up and she was actually on her way but then I called her and I lied to her and I said mom I can't go home this weekend because I want to go to tutoring today and it's later on in the evening and she said, oh, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I really need to do good on this paper because it's the last paper. Yeah. And so she said, of course, like, fine, like, you stay there and, like, you know, I'll see you the following weekend. But you wanted to go to the party. That was yes. The, yeah. 
Yeah, and reality. Yeah, which would be such a normal thing for a 17-year-old to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just slipped in a little lie and, you know. And how far away does your, does, does your mom, did your mom live? It wasn't a far, it wasn't that far. It was about like a 40 to 50 minute drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And with like traffic and stuff, it could be a little bit longer, but not too much. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, I just stayed there and I went out with this new group of people that I just met. And so I was having a couple of drinks at this party. I have gone to other parties in the past with like friends and I've had multiple drinks, you know, as a 17 year old, even though I wasn't 21 yet. I was just thinking, how the heck would they monitor that at college? Like everyone surely just wants to go out and get drunk. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So like what the party that I went to was off campus. Okay. So... I don't know if they monitor like alcohol in the dorms on campus, but I know a lot of people get away with stuff because there's like no security and it's more of like, like your own freedom in a way. And unless someone says something, then you can get away with pretty much anything. Wow. Yeah. So um, at this off-campus apartment, it was a group of about maybe 15 people and Throughout the night, people came and and left. And at some point in the night, I was feeling very off. And, you know, I just said, I'm not feeling well. And I put three chairs together inside this apartment. And I was like, I'm just going to lay down right here. And I laid down right there. And then somebody comes up to me and says, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just very tired. I was just feeling super, like, different. Okay. And I, I don't know how, how to explain it well, but I guess, like, throughout the story, I can kind of share more details that could kind of put it together. Yeah. Um, so then eventually that person said, okay, you want to lay down on the bed? You know, it's more comfortable. And I I said no. And then eventually, like, I was walked over to the bed, even though I was like, I I said no, I wasn't feeling well, and I just wanted to rest my eyes. And so then at some point in the night, I, I was in this dark, dark room, and I was laying down on a bed, and I remember waking up, and feeling the bed but almost not being able to feel the bed like I didn't have sensation like I like I knew where I was but I was not like my body wasn't really responding were you drunk so so I can't fully say that I was because I don't know if I was but this was an experience that you know, I've been drunk before. I've, I've gone out with friends in the past, always with people that I knew, never alone, never, like, just out that late. Yeah. So I was, you know, it was all new to me. And I was confused at the same time. But um, going back to that moment, then there was this person that I couldn't see because the room was pitch pitch black there was no light there was not even a like a dash of light coming from the window nothing what and could you still hear people like could you still hear the party I can still hear everything I I knew there was people like people were talking and it was just me and this person and at some point you know I remember having my head banged on the window, I mean, on the window, on the wall, and really bringing me back to, like, what what was happening. And at that moment, I remember just crying and, like, not really having that control over my body. Like, the best way I could describe it is kind of like I was almost like a spaghetti. Like, I didn't have you know, the strength to 
sit still or like hold myself up or like like I couldn't do anything it was like I wasn't there yeah but you were kind of aware of what was happening but you just had no control over it yeah like like I knew like deep down I knew what was happening but I didn't I couldn't stop it as much as I wanted to like the only thing that was like that I was able to do was just cry that's the only thing so there was someone in the room with you banging your head on the wall um it wasn't like continuous banging my head on the wall but eventually he tried to put me on top of him while he was penetrating me and I I couldn't be on top of him like out of my will and when the moment he did that I immediately flopped over and banged my head on the wall if that makes any sense yeah right oh my gosh yeah so that's when I was like oh my gosh like something's like not right here like I don't want to be here I'm, I was just crying I wanted this to end like I so was you, not so when you woke up he was actually forcing himself on you sexual like penetrating yes. you oh my yes. god that's yeah. shocking and the worst part about this is that I was still on my period. Oh God. Like I was on my period and I was just, you know, at the moment I wasn't thinking about that. But you know, after like the next day, I, you know, it really started like coming up, like everything started coming back together and I was like, I was still on my period and how would somebody want to do that to me? sort of thing and it was just I don't know unexplainable and like there's no reason for it so was this guy did you see who it was yes I did actually I did so eventually I remember laying down and he gets up and and like really fast and goes rushing out the door and then he turns on the light, so I see who he is. And then he's like panicking. And then he opens the door, this other door, and runs out. And he and he just blurts out, the condom ripped, the condom ripped. That's like, and then then at, at the at that time I was like, I don't know, I was like out of words, but at the same time, like I was like kind of like there but not there like in and out of my mind and of whatever was going on Daphne I'm so sorry that happened to you that's just that's just awful I've got no words so awful I'm so sorry that happened to you Uh, it you know at the time I did my best to block it out of my mind you know so like although it was like a very traumatic experience i think because it was so damaging to me like i lot like later on that like i would say within 20 of 24 hour period when the police interrogated me like there was a lot that i couldn't tell them so before so before you go to that so when he when he you saw his face when he left Mm -hmm. and did you know who he was was he one of the new people that you had met or was he a stranger so I had seen him before he was actually working at the dining hall at my school and I so he was older he would have been a lot older I guess or maybe not. So in my mind, I thought, like, this person just works here. And, like, I would see him there every day because I had no choice. I didn't have my own money to go buy food. And I enjoyed the food that my the dining hall offered. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw him, like, every almost every day. I, I think I did. Oh and gosh. so he was the guy who did this to me. And... You know, I didn't even know he was a student there. Yeah. In my head, in my head, I was like, he's just a worker. But later on, like later on, 
like months after that's when I found out his last name. I found out he was a student. You know, I found out more about who this person was. Wow. So when he ran out of the room, what yeah. what did you do? Were you able to sort of no. leave or not? Actually, when he ran out of the room, I was just there. Like I was just in that room for a longer period and I was just laying there because I had I couldn't really get up. I couldn't really I was like almost paralyzed. Oh my gosh. And late and then eventually somebody comes in the room and it's this girl. And she comes to me and she says, Are you okay? And I said, I don't know. And she says, Why are you crying? And then I couldn't answer her. I just kept crying. And so eventually she goes back out the room. She starts talking to the people. She says, like, did she say yes? Did she say no? And they were just arguing amongst each other. And then she comes back in the room. And I guess it was her apartment. And she, she says, do you want to change into these leggings? And I said, okay. But I couldn't them on me so she helped me she helped me put them on me and she stayed in the room with me until I, I was better that is so nice isn't it that gives me like goosebumps it's really 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 nice yeah so at you know she was the only person that was there for me during that during that like traumatic and, was, and she was yeah. a new a new friend one of the new or you did, had never met her before that day actually was the first day I met her at that apartment. Wow. I like yeah, we talked a little bit um at the beginning of the party. And yeah. then yeah, and then later on she's the one who helped me. She she was there, she was talking to me, she was, you know, really helping me get back to reality in a sense. Wow. Yeah. And um so after, eventually, you know, I was able to get better, I would say. Like, I got up and I was, like, thinking in my head, like, I just need to get out of here. I have to go. Like, I was trying to plan and see, like, where am I even? I don't even know where I am. How far is the school? Like, yeah. how do I get back to my dorm? you know, and it was, yeah, it was like a crazy hour in the night. I don't even remember what time it was, but it was certainly like past midnight. Yeah. So um, at that time, like eventually I was just going to walk. I said, I'm just going to walk and see where I, see where I get, you know, like see if I can recognize a street or something. I was, I had no choice at that point. Yeah. So I said, I'm just going to walk. And as I started walking out, um, the girl's boyfriend says, I can take you home. And I said, no, no, I don't even know where I live. And then they kept, like, convincing me, like, come on, we can take you. And eventually, you know, I just said, yes, okay, you can take me. And I did my best to give, like, the best um, – directions um I forgot to mention this but because summer was ending I was going I was going to move into an apartment with other roommates because um housing on campus was very pricey yeah so we um I had made arrangements to move out of the dorms and into an apartment and we, I already had the keys because we planned on, you know, re- um, leasing it the entire month of August until, you know, the next year, August. Yeah. And so I thought, I'm not going to go to my dorm because I have a roommate. I said, I'm just going to go to this apartment. It was completely empty. There was nothing. I didn't even have a blanket in there. Nothing. It was just just an empty place. And so 
that's the direction I was trying to give um, the driver. I was like, I, I live by this gas station. This is what's around it. And, you know, we drove around for a while. And eventually I was like, oh, it's right there. It's right there. And I was dropped off there. And that was the end of that night. Wow, Daphne, that's, that's really, really traumatizing to, thing to go through. I'm so sorry. It's just shocking. Yeah, it was very shocking. And it was just something that, I, you know, looking back, I wish I would have just gone home. You know, like I didn't think this was going to happen. and As in with, with your mom, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like this could have all been avoided if I just went home and if, if I, you know, would have not, you know, met those people. And, you know, because I went there with a group of people, but that group of people was gone by the time I left. Wow. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's funny, though, like I think, I don't know. I mean. I always just think like things happen for a reason and I just, I don't think, I mean, this is something really awful and I don't think it happened for a reason or anything like that. But I guess another way of looking at it, I think when something bad happens, I mean, this is what I do myself. I'm like, this bad thing happened, but maybe if the alternative thing had happened, like maybe we would have had a car accident and died, you know, or like maybe something, you know, like something more awful even like, you know, and, um, to just kind of, because you just don't know. You, I mean, it yeah. could have been avoided, but it could have been something else terrible could have happened. I mean, who knows? You know, we will mm-hmm. never, we will never know. Yeah, and you're right. We we just can't predict how our day will go or the choices that we make, if they're going to be the right ones or the wrong ones. We just don't know. We don't know. And mm-hmm. so you stayed in that apartment by yourself that night. That must have been really awful for you not having anyone to talk to and feeling like how you were yeah I mean I was just I was really just there and I was just very cold I had nothing and you know I remember you know I'm gonna take a shower that's the first thing I said I'm gonna take a shower and which was a big mistake in my part because I I lost I washed off all a lot of evidence, yeah. I would say. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just no. thought. I, I mean, you mm-hmm. weren't thinking clearly. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I just wanted to be clean. I, I felt dirty. I just felt like I have to shower. Yes. And so that's what I did. I, you know, went in the shower, shower like, got out, and then I messaged my friend, and I and I told him, this was a friend um, that I had in high school, and he was actually a mentor at my high school. I was in this program to for women, Hispanic women, to go to go to college, and he was actually a mentor. Oh. Yeah. So when I graduated, you know, I got a lot of like contact information, and I was talking to him either the week before or a few days before the day it happened and just catching up on like how college was going and, you know, just really letting him know like how I'm doing. Yeah. So I didn't know who to contact and I just decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to text this person. I'm going to tell him what happened. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to give me the best advice. Yeah. And he said, you have to call the police or you need to tell your mom. Yeah. And immediately I was like, I can't tell my mom. There's no way I can tell my mom. Because you felt bad. You felt bad about the lie. Yeah, I felt, I felt bad. I felt like I was going to get in trouble. I felt like she, her immediate reaction was going to be, see, you see, I told you. Like, you yeah. know, she, she was just going to be like, I told you so. And so... I was terrified of her. So I said, you know, I'll just call the police. And so he actually drove down and oh. met me. Yeah. Wow. And he was there when I made the phone call. And he was there th- when the police arrived. 
So this all happened within, I would say within the day because it was later, it was like past midnight when I went home. Yeah, and no. it was that morning that I called or like that afternoon that I called the police. And when the police arrived, you know, I gave them my statement and they said, okay, go grab the clothes that you wore last night. Grab everything that you had with you last night and we're going to take you. Yeah. And I said, okay. And of course, I was so scared. I've never been, yeah. you know, in that situation. And they apologized and they said, you know, we didn't think this was going to be that type of phone call. So we're sorry that you have to be in the back of the vehicle. And I said, oh, it's fine. And, you know, I just felt like a criminal back there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. So you weren't like in the actual car. You were in like the cell part in the back of the car. Yes. Oh my god. That's yeah. awful. It was it was very it was just very weird like being back there. I felt like a criminal. Yes, and then like well, anyone would. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I mean I understood cuz um the officer that came to my apartment had his partner with him so they both sat in the front and stuff. So so yeah, I remember though like Oh, when we would make stops um, in busy streets, there would be people walking and they would just look into the car and just stare at me and I just felt awful. Yes, they'd be looking at her like, wonder what she's done. That's yeah. terrible. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, embarrassing being back there, but um, it wasn't that long of a drive. Far out. Yeah. So... You know, we we get to the station, and I gotta tell you, I I said my story like over ten times to the same people. What? That's just so. Yeah, been through kept, so much. I believe they would do that. Yeah, and like I, it was just me by myself with just male officers, and they were just asking me the same questions, and like it almost made me feel like they don't believe me or yeah. like or like you've done something wrong like they make you yeah. feel like you've done the wrong thing so bad. yeah and they would just say comments like are you sure it wasn't regret sex what and I, what is regret sex never even heard of that right I know so I mean I didn't know any better and I said no it wasn't that like I kept standing my ground and like reassuring them like this is what happened and my story is not going to change whether you guys you know say it a different way that might make me believe oh yeah it it did happen that way this is so awful I can't believe they handled it that way is this normal it is is this America yes (laughs) this is it is actually normal here Jesus I didn't even know how normal this was until I met other people like me. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, I, I just felt like, like it was useless to call the police in a way. This is so bad. That is not what I thought. Like that is not like, do you have law and order SVU? Like, I mean, I know it's made in America, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. like, that I feel like they're way more sensitive on that show. Yeah. Like anyway, it's not reality, but wow. <laughs> yeah. They're, oh my god. Yeah, the way they handled uh, my case was it's re- it's really sad. Like looking back, I'm just like I wish I knew what I know now. I wish I had the right words to say. I wish I was able to request. You know, I need. Um, I forget what they call them, but it's a specific person for rape cases. Oh, a victim um, advocate? A victim's advocate. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have been like, can I have a victim's advocate or somebody there? Support person or like, yeah. 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 I wish somebody, I, I wish I had the knowledge of that, but I didn't. You wouldn't have known. I mean, I think I think I I would have been the same, especially at 17. It's like everyone's a little bit intimidating. You're still like a child. Yeah. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, I just answered all the questions and just 
continued to say my story, never changed it, never added anything, never took away. You know, when when they would ask me questions and kind of like frame them a different way, I would say this. I already, I already said this. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was you just like, how, yeah, like, do you know who you're dealing with? I'm a smart woman, thank you. Like, yeah, not like, yeah, it just felt like a cycle in a cycle, and it, <sighs> I, I really felt like they didn't want me to follow through with this case. It almost okay. seemed like, yeah. And so, you know, after the whole investigation was over, then they took me to the hospital and. I was like, what are we doing here? You know, I didn't know. They they also didn't tell me, like, this is the next step. Or, like, they didn't tell me how long I was going to be there. So I was just going with whatever they said. Wow. Or whatever they did, wherever they took me. And so we ended up at this hospital. And they took me to this room called the safe place. Mm-hmm. And it's the room where they conduct forensic exams on rape victims. Or right. maybe other I, I think that room is specifically for rape victims. Yeah. And then there, there was a victim's counsel there. I mean, a victim's advocate there. It's good. Yeah. So I was finally able to feel like. You had someone on like your cared side. cared about. Yeah. 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 So the first thing she did was she just gave me a hug and it felt so nice. Yes. It's probably all you needed. Like not all yeah. you needed, but you probably needed that so bad. Like just someone to hug you and be there for you and say, it's going to be okay. Like everything will be okay. You'll get through this. Yeah. That's really what I just wanted. And I mean, I really wanted to have my mom, but I was also afraid. Yeah. You know, I really just wanted somebody to be like, you know, I'm going to be here with you. Like, you don't have to worry. Like, just to assure me, like, yeah. things are going to get better. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, then the nurse came and she she spoke to me. Then, you know, she did her job and it was just another process that I didn't like. She was very nice, though. You know, like, she really had to dig in there and around that area. Oh, God, that would be so traumatizing after. Yeah. So it was just, like, uncomfortable. But I understood why she had to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, I went I went with the process. You know, I, I remember laying down and looking up at the ceiling and there was just posters of puppies and oh really yeah really cute things and I I really do believe like that's why I'm like so obsessed with dogs because they made me feel better and they took my mind off whatever was going on oh god it's crazy and you had your period as well so it would have been even more like intrusive Mm -hmm. it was yeah and um you know after the forensic exam was was done then I had an investigation slash interview with the forensic nurse and I had to tell her my story again so it was a lot of like yeah like repetitive stuff and I just you know I just wish they would have said we have it all here on this paper like just read it and I really just I didn't want to continue to revisit those memories and like that moment yeah so after you know like I said my story again and then she made her decision which I I really don't remember and then I was given plan b and plan b is a morning after pill yes I was given the morning after pill and then she also gave me other pills I don't remember how many but other pills to help fight or prevent STDs. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a pill for that. Yeah, me either. <laughs> so she, she just gave me, like, medication that will, yeah, I guess that all great victims. Yeah. Yeah, reduce the chance of you getting something. Yeah. And so I took them as she directed me, and then the police officer comes inside after you know the interview's done and then he says okay you know because you're a minor 
we have to call your parents. And then at that moment, my heart just, you know, it's just sunk. I was just, no, this is like what I wanted to avoid. Yeah, you're like, shit. Yeah, I was so terrified. I was like, no, please, no. And so I didn't have a choice. So I called my mom. And then she wasn't answering. No, actually, I didn't call her. My the police called, and they weren't. Yeah, they called. My mom couldn't make it down, and so they called my dad. But the police officers didn't know Spanish, and my dad only spoke Spanish. Right. So then they hand over the phone, and I told him, "Can you come here? Like, the police need to talk to you." And so, did you tell them what had happened over the phone? No, I didn't. Yeah. No, I just told him, like, he needs to come to the hospital. I gave him the the directions. And within an hour or so, he arrived and he he looked very worried. And I was just terrified. I was like, they're going to tell him. And so the police looked at me and he said, we know this has been very hard for you, so we're going to let you tell him. Ugh. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank God. And oh, it you worked wanted out. to tell him? Yeah. Oh, okay. It worked out because I didn't end up telling him. What do you mean? Because, like, I told him something else. I said something happened to me, and the police just wanted to bring me here to make sure I was fine, but it's nothing serious. And he believed it. Like, he was just so, like, I can see the doubt in his, in his face almost. Like, but he, all, he was also just, like, a little bit afraid because, like, I was involved with the police. So he didn't actually ask what, what had no. happened? Well, he did. He did ask me, and I told him something completely. I didn't give him, like, the details. I didn't tell him, like, I was raped. I didn't tell him, like, why I'm here anything and I really like I was like just I didn't want to tell him and I was just like thank god the police allowed me to speak right yeah and they wouldn't have known what you were saying because you were speaking a different language (laughs) exactly so yeah (laughs) yeah. and so um, because I didn't want to tell I was so embarrassed I was so like this is just something I don't want to say and like like he's not my actual dad, he's actually my stepdad, but he did sort of raise me, so yeah, it even made me feel more like I really don't want to say this to him, like yeah, would you have told your mom if she'd come down? I mean, I know my mom my mom does speak English, so I know the police would have told her, yeah, and not me i like I know that she would have found out from them, yeah, yeah, and oh, so. Yeah, so because because I didn't tell him the full truth, he then went. He then just took me home to my um, apartment, the one that was empty. And I told him, "Can you just please just take me to my apartment? Like, I really don't want to go home with you. I w- I want to just be at my apartment." And I think he just seen that my face was so puffy and like I just looked a mess and he agreed yeah and then he said okay like just make sure to answer your phone because your mom's gonna call you and I said okay I will and my mom called me and you know I just told her I don't want to talk about about it like I just avoided all the conversation and she was very upset because she didn't she didn't know what was going on and she didn't know why the police contacted her yeah yeah it would be very frightening for a parent I mean you'd be really worried you'd be like what's happening yeah and what about the guy I mean they they asked I mean I know they asked you a million questions so they were probably asking you about him as well Mm -hmm. and were they able to get any from the forensic testing that they did were they able to sort of get anything on this guy I don't fully remember like it almost felt like this whole forensic thing happened, but it almost felt like I wasn't allowed to know what was going on or like I wasn't, it just felt like I was 
these tests were being run, but I wasn't going to know anything of the, like the result or. It's awful. It's yeah. It's like, oh. it was just, it was just like, like I'm a minor and like, I don't know any better. So they're not going to tell me. It almost felt like. Yeah. Wow. Well. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. I do, I do though, I do have this letter that states like follow up with your primary care doctor, this was given, um, and just a letter that state, stating like what happened that day, but there's like no letter with results. I don't even know if I was supposed to go back to the hospital and see for the results or anything. Like, wow. Yeah. That's so... Yeah, I wish I wish I knew more, and I wish I had more control of what was going on. Some of those things, though, isn't it? In like hindsight, you're like, "Oh, I wish I'd done this, and I wish I'd done that." And but I mean, you would never have known that you exactly. would be in that situation, and it's already traumatic enough. I mean, I don't think anyone would be in the right sort of headspace to make the know, right, yeah, yeah, to know what's going on and to sort of stand up for your rights. You know exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, and so after that day, I I just you know, I was just at my apartment and I, I was just crying and crying, and I start getting these messages. And it's my roommates that I got the apartment with, and they just said, Why was the police there? The, the, the leasing people want to know why they were here you know we got this apartment by chance and we really don't want to ruin you know our possibility of staying here and I was like oh no this is like another problem and so I had to tell them I was like I told them what happened and you know they were just in shock and and then eventually like I had to speak to the leasing people but I didn't tell them what happened I just told them I was involved in you know in something non-criminal but like it, was, it had nothing to do with the apartment they just came to get my statement and that's it yeah yeah and so I provided like documentations and that was it and you know that was the end of that and and so my roommates now knew now now they were aware of what happened and they did their best to be there for me and you know, I think the one that I did share my room with, she was the one that I also met at school. Like we were in classes together. So she was more like, do you need anything? Like, are you fine? Like she was like truly like my only support at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that you had her, but it must have been so hard without sort of, I guess close like friends, have, yeah, like exactly, yeah, that just made you feel really safe and like mm-hmm. cared for. Yeah, and so I mean, when that happened, I really didn't want anybody to know. I was like the thoughts that were going through my head, like I was like ashamed, I was embarrassed, I was like, I don't want to be known as that girl. Like I was just my self esteem just was just. I felt so shy. I felt so like, like timid. I didn't want to go out anymore. I didn't, I felt like people might know without me knowing or like, I just wanted this to be secret, like very secretive. I didn't want, I didn't want it to get out. And yeah, I just, it really, it really got to me mentally. Yeah. I mean, it's a complete violation. It's like, complete violation did you see that guy after that like in the next week or weeks following did you sort of um so no I didn't see that guy um because my roommate that I had she would she would go to the dining hall and she would actually food in the Tupperware and just bring it to me and I was so grateful for her what a gem right yeah I know so like she knew who he was um she was the only roommate who knew who he was because she also went to the dining hall my other roommates were 
they were older they were like about to graduate so they had no idea who the person was or yeah yeah so um i'm very grateful that you know she helped me out in that you know getting food and yeah. avoiding the person yeah that's good yeah and you know eventually i had to meet with the um with the investigator I think it's called or the detective actually. Yeah. I'm really bad with my with my words right now. It's okay. Yeah. So I had to meet with the detective and it was the same concept with the police like I just had to keep telling my story and it was the same thing like they were are you sure this isn't regret sex it's going to be a she said he said um kind of thing and I, and then and then he even said do you want me to just go over there and tell him to stay away from you <gasps> right i know that is terrible i'm so angry at these people like that's just such a terrible way to treat someone after what they've been through so awful. yeah yeah it, it just felt like the like the law enforcement wasn't really trained yeah to deal with that situation yeah that's how it felt like yes Mm -hmm. and psychologically the whole thing starting from when you were in the car I mean the whole thing would have made you just feel like embarrassed to be there even you know like I shouldn't be here like um, you know like it's just terrible it's so infuriating yeah I mean I look back at it now and and I'm just like I really wish the police that first picked me up would have just been, would have been like, and do you think you were drug, drugged or anything? And I wish they would have taken like um, blood, blood um, tests yes. or something yes. more, you know. But at the time, I didn't have that in my head. Like, I wish I, like, now I'm, I wish I would have been like, I feel like I was drugged. Can you please take blood? tests can you do something to kind of see what was in my system or yeah you know just more but I I got like the basic stuff and it was really hard to really pinpoint like my I think my like my level of toxicity because they didn't even test like how drunk I was or nothing wow that's really bad yeah, so it was just, you know, a big mess. And it just felt like speaking with the detective was just a waste of time. Like, after he said, like, do you want me to just go over there and tell him to to not bother you? Like, that was just something that really hurt. It's terrible. I'd be like, do you want me to tell you to just fuck off? Because you're being exactly. really rude. Like, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to deal with this properly. Yeah. But- I mean, I just felt like I was wasting my time. Like, uh, like they're just looking at me like I'm a big joke. That's so awful. Like, that shouldn't make anyone feel like that. And to make a rape victim feel like that, that's just like a million times worse. It's so bad. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was really sad. Like, looking back at it now, I'm just, I feel very sad for whoever was my detective like they I hope one day they can realize how shitty they were and and I really hope they eventually get educated on rape victims and like what they go through and how to like properly handle them and what words to say and things like that instead of making us feel like it was our fault or like like it's not important 100% hopefully they get there soon yeah, I mean, it's just, it's re- very sad. It's really sad. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and um, I mean, eventually, I had to move out of the dorms. I had to finish my classes. You know, I still had to go on with life. I, I couldn't, as much as I wanted life to just pause and let me get through this and, like, let me, you know, mentally be stable again and like recover recover yes recover and just you know be myself again like that wasn't gonna happen like I still had to finish my summer session I still had to move out 
I still had to face my parents as it's like nothing had happened. Like I still had to be Daphne. Yeah. And nothing was going to not, you know, stop for me. Like just because this happened to me, life doesn't stop. And so I had to, how to continue living. Must have been and so it, hard. it was, it really was. Like I was just stuck in this like cloud in a sense. Like my, my mind was just never there. Like I did my best to listen to the professor, but I, my mind was just thinking about this. Like I was in constant, constant torment. Like this was just playing in my head. And, and I knew that he was, on campus and maybe one day I'm going to run yeah. into him and I was just I didn't feel safe anymore I just I was very hyper alert yeah. and just from that day on like my life was just completely different I didn't it was just very scary like everything was scary oh, like damn. things that were yeah like I would be like okay we're just going to walk to the grocery store or something I didn't want to walk it anymore. I didn't want to go in the streets anymore. Like it made me like become very isolated from everybody. Like I didn't really speak or talk to people or really like I was an outgoing person and I just became like very quiet and timid and just different. Changed you. It did. It really changed me completely. And so, I mean, eventually I'm, I decided to drop the case with the detective because I just felt like it wasn't going anywhere. And I felt like I couldn't make, I couldn't meet the, um, I couldn't meet with him when he wanted to meet because of school, because of, I need to go home on the weekend with my mom. Yeah. And I can't tell her, I can't go with you because I need to meet with a detective because in that way she was going to find out. Yeah. Oh, Daphne, I can't believe that you've, you know, been through that. It's just, I mean, no one, it's just, it makes me so angry that there's people like this in the world. Like it's just to, you know, take advantage of a young female. Like it's just terrible. Like what the heck gives them the right to think yeah. that they can just come and abuse your body like that? It's just. It's just so nasty, you it's know, shocking. like. I was not in the condition to even be having sexual intercourse, nor was I in in my head I didn't want to. And it was just it's just nasty how somebody wanted pleasure for themselves, maybe for like thirty minutes or something. Yeah. And it completely just cha- ruins and changes somebody's life forever. And tell me if this is too personal. Were you a virgin before that happened? I actually wasn't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't make it better in any way, but I guess that would have been just a tad worse. Oh, because, yeah, that would have been so much worse. Yeah, because then you would always remember that as, yeah, like the first time. Not that you would ever forget this experience, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, gosh. Yeah. I'm just so grateful that you're talking about this with me and I, I know how hard it must be, so I'm super grateful. Thank you so much. Like, I think I was really scared of just like, you know, having that same response like the police had. And I'm just thankful you're not like that. Oh my gosh, no. (laughs) I'm just so happy like you're you're open-minded and like understand and can really see it from my point of view. Of course, absolutely. Look, I'm all about the sisterhood and women supporting women. I'm horrified that anyone would treat you that way. I'm absolutely horrified. And I, um, I just think you're a really amazing, brave woman. And I, I can't wait to hear the rest of it. I really can't wait to talk to you again. Oh, I would. Thank you so much. And we'll chat soon. Yes. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, okay. Okay. Bye. Bye, Daphne. Bye. Bye. Okay. We're going to leave it there for today. There is so much more to this story, as you can imagine. Uh, Next week, we're going to dive right into, you know, how she told her parents the news of her pregnancy. Daphne, you are absolutely incredible. I cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story. You are amazing. I just think your daughter, like, 
what a bloody amazing mum she has as a role model in life, as a friend, as a, you know, mother. Like, oh, I'm, I'm blown away by your, your beauty and your strength and your wisdom at your age, you know? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, as I said to you when we talked the other day, like, you, you, you've gone through what most people don't have to go through in a lifetime and I just think you're incredible. Now, if you wanted to get in touch with me, you can send me an email at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com or you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at singlemothersurvivalguide. I would so love to hear feedback on Daphne's story. And, you know, maybe you want to wait to the next two parts because it is sort of, you know, you do have to listen to the whole story. But I really hope you um, continue to listen to her story because it's just such an important story and one I'm so proud to share. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, if you haven't left a review yet, that would be incredible, be amazing, helps other single mums find the podcast and listen to the podcast. And if you wanted to check out any other episodes or read the blog, you can head on over to my website, which is www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com. And on the website, there is a link to join the Single Mother Survival Guide Support Forum, which is a Facebook group for us all to connect with each other. And that link will take you straight there. When you're on the website, if you have not yet joined my emailing list, sign up. I'm going to be sharing some very exciting news in the next week or so, something that I've been working on and I'm super proud to put together. And I will be sharing it first with my email subscribers. I will be sharing it next on the podcast. So I would love for you to sign up so I can share this exciting news with you, um, something that I'm launching and we're kicking off in April. So I'm super excited. Thank you so much for listening. As I said, I can't wait to continue sharing this story. I hope you have a wonderful day or evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. And I'm really looking forward to speaking with you again next week. Okay, bye for now. Bye.